0: man come on the light's green let's go
1: where is it oh there it is
0: i said "Marcus smart is who that guy thought he was i just thought that was pretty great but uh i really have no i I really have no true opinion
1: nice way to work sports What up, world? Welcome to another episode of Lead to Work Sports, where we have no agendas and just raw sports. I'm your host, as always, Jonathan, with my co-host Ray Ray back in the booth this week. What up, Ray Ray?
0: Man, hey, what's up, John? I've been away for for what two weeks now. Feels like it's been forever, man. I'm glad to be back at it.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh we we haven't been uh, we haven't done this thing in a little bit, man. We took uh, one week off and then. And then uh you was MIA for that one week and now we're back at it this week. So we uh we got to make up for some lost time, man. Yeah, man.
0: Hey, we're going to get it figured out and we're going to we're going to press forward and just be better for it.
1: Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Hey, life happens. We get busy. We're human too, but now it's time to give the people what they want and that is uh some nice raw sports. So Yes, sir. If you are ready, my friend, we're going to roll into it.
0: Oh, I am ready.
1: Let's get it. Alright then. Alright, well uh I guess first, man, we will do the uh the big NBA trade topics. Let's start there before we dabble into our heavy, heavy, heavy football episode. So I'm gonna go ahead and, and recap some trades that happened because there's been a lot of stuff going on in the NBA, you know, especially even after the uh the NBA finals. And heat again, unfortunately, lost. But there's been a lot of movement going on. So one of the big movements that just came was uh, Rudy Gay is once again moving to another team when he was traded to your Atlanta Hawks, along with a future second-round pick. And uh, Utah's going to get John Collins in return. Now, this next trade, man, is kind of wild. Um, There's been a lot going on with it. So... The beginning part of this trade, and, and and you'll see what I mean, a lot going on with it. The beginning part of this trade was between the Phoenix Suns and the Washington Wizards. So the Phoenix Suns would end up trading for Bradley Bill, Jordan Goodwin, and Isaiah Todd. In return, the Phoenix Suns would send to Washington. Now, remember this, Chris Paul, Landry Schm I'm going to mess this up, Landry Schemet. I didn't mess it up. Look at there. And multiple picks, right? Now, why this is a big deal, I'll tell you about this in a minute. We then have another trade happen. And this one's between Golden State and, again, the Washington Wizards. They're making pieces move, right? Well, Golden State sends Jordan Poole packing to the Washington Wizards, as well as two picks. In return, they get Mr. CP3, Chris Paul. So this man never even played for Washington before he was shipped from Arizona to Washington back to Cali. And then uh, the final one, man, was a a big three-way trade here. And this was between Boston, Washington again, and Memphis. Now, Boston would get Porzingis, uh, first-round pick in 2023, and a first-round pick in 2024. Washington would get, and I'm going to mess these names up, man. I'm just going to go ahead and warn you. Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallery, something. Better than what I could
0: go. They got some wild names (laughs) in them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 man. And uh, Mike Muscala, um, as well as a 2023 second-round pick. Uh, For all y'all people that listen to that are huge NBA fans, don't be clowning on me. I mess up names, man. This what is what it is. It's my uh, Achilles heel. And then uh the we kind of Austin. The biggest... we,
0: can, we can just get Austin to dub it in for you. You know, <laughs> it'll just be your voice and then we'll have his pop up right there for, for the name.
1: Yeah, it's kinda like when uh when you call somebody or when you do the little call thing and you type in a number and it's like, You dialed eight five and it's like, that ain't even your voice. Yeah, it's kinda like that. Yep. And then uh the last one here man the the most wild because I think you and me talked about this was uh there was going to be some changes in Boston. Well, there was. Marcus Smart got moved to the Memphis Grizzlies. So he is out of Boston. Um it's kind of wild to see him make a move. So uh I guess man Obviously there were some huge names that were thrown out there right some big names for you know a lot of time from uh Rudy Gay, Chris Paul, Jordan Poole, Pazingas, you know Marcus Smart, all of them I mean there was a lot of people moving man. What uh what do you think or which team do you think rather is is the big winners out of here? Is there one or two teams that you think are like the winner out of all this?
0: And so for for me personally, it's hard to say with how little I follow the NBA and all the names, but I do know that uh I saw a meme about the Marcus Smart thing going to the Grizzlies, talking about who was that guy for for Memphis that always ran his mouth, that had the braids, that uh barked at LeBron, oh, you know what I'm talking about oh my yeah yeah, and it, and, oh, and it, and man, it said I Marcus Smart.
1: Believe you brought his name up.
0: It said Marcus Smart is who that guy thought he was. I just thought that was pretty great. But uh, oh I really have no, I, I really have no true opinion because I can't tell you one way or the other who who went in and who who didn't. I do know I saw the other thing talking about Boston's in a rough spot because I believe it's this coming year it's a hundred thirty two million dollars salary cap and Boston's like twenty million over it with their big four. Mm-hmm. I think it's Boston. No, no, it's Phoenix Suns. That's who. Phoenix. It is.
1: Phoenix. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. yeah. Phoenix. Phoenix yeah. is the one in the trouble.
0: So I'm sure we'll see another trade coming from that way 'cause they're just gonna have to uh they're just gonna have to do man. something. Somebody's gonna have to renegotiate, or I'm just gonna have to throw somebody away. Unfortunately. Yeah. That so name yeah, you're no, thinking of no. is
1: Dylan Brooks.
0: Yeah, there we go. I'm sure Austin's gonna hear it and immediately <laughs> be like, Oh, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> but yeah, I, no no true opinion. No real I can't say one way or the other without just it coming out of my butt.
1: Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, I do follow the NBA a little bit more um, than you. I- I'm not going to pretend like I follow it a crazy amount, but uh, I have followed it a lot more, obviously, since starting the podcast. But uh, I'm going to say to me, right, if the Suns get it together, to me, they are the the easy winners here. If they get it together. Now, it's a big if. we have seen... Yeah, we've seen KD be on monster teams before. We have seen KD win rings with monster teams before. However, we have also seen KD flounder with monster teams. So, we've also seen, you know... Booker has been good at points, and then other points he he looks like, you know, he's not meshing well. So... With CP3 there, I honestly thought they had a very good chance, and they were in the finals not long ago, and uh, I honestly thought they had a very good chance to win it, or to to at least compete this year. Right. So if they get Bradley Bill in there and he meshes well, they can definitely, definitely compete for an NBA championship. Now, to me, though, the clear-cut favorite, and it's just because they bring somebody into the team and it's like, they've been there all their career and that is the golden state warriors steve kerr knows how to bring and put teams together man you know and he knows how to manage personalities i mean draymond green has always run his mouth always got something to say always trash talking somebody you know what i mean i mean honestly i mean i think we can all agree he's fairly obnoxious whether you find him somewhat enjoyable you know where it makes you chuckle because he has had moments, he's made me laugh, or you just think he's a downright dirty, disrespectful player, you know, whatever side of the coin you're on there. Steve Kerr knows how to bring them together and make them all mesh well. And I think... That's right. I mean, at CP3 the end of the day, that's what there, a manager. Yeah. And CP3 is... That man knows how to make assists. And now you got him, him assisting, you know, uh, Steve... I mean, um, Stephen Curry, and you also got him assisting Clay Thompson. I mean, that's kind of a nasty thing out there man so I think Golden State right now is the clear cut favorites to uh, to have you know won the the trade lottery as you will right now
0: but yeah, I mean, I, that's I, just I, my again, thoughts I, I got no arguments on that you know at the end of the day you don't care about the players personalities and all that if they just win you games and you can manage who they are
1: that's it. That's what it's all about. So, well, now we will get off the topic that makes you squirm around in your chair because of your your lack of knowledge, and we'll get to. Uh, oh no! I, the I, stuff I can always bring content.
0: You... I mean, I could pull from my butt if I need to. We can make content. <laughs>
1: I'm not squirming at all. Yeah. Well, you, hey, you haven't. I haven't had a chance in two weeks to clown you. you I haven't know had I'm gonna be I not had a chance in two weeks it. to fire right back
0: at you either. <laughs>
1: uh, it's why we work good together. Well, uh, let's roll into the to the NFL before we dig into your uh your big money maker and that is college football. So my money maker here the NFL. I don't know if you've heard this little thing, Ben, but uh there was some uh some scuttlebutt as the Marine Corps likes to call it. I don't know where they got that word from, but there was uh there was some rumors, you know, some talk about a trade that almost went down in 2007. Between the Green Bay Packers and the then Oakland Raiders. And I'm gonna tell you what, Ray. This would have completely changed the landscape of the NFL and, and would have had long lasting effects, honestly, in my opinion. So So you're telling you know, us this is a uh it's a great what if? Oh, dude. I mean and you're gonna see it when we talk about this we're gonna go down a little bit of a hole, I'm sure. But it okay. is Well, I got my socks on, I'm them.
0: expecting them to get blown off here in a second.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> Well, uh, back in 2007, the Green Bay Packers were looking mm-hmm. to trade a little-known quarterback who you know, had not really been shown what he could do by the name of Aaron Rodgers, you know, nobody, to, uh, to the Raiders for a future Hall of Fame wide receiver in Randy Moss. So Randy Moss would have been receiving and catching the balls thrown to him from uh, the old gunslinger Brett Favre there. And uh, Aaron Rodgers would have went to an Oakland team that really didn't have anything going on. Well, where this gets wild to think about is, obviously, I I mean, I think Green Bay would have been nasty with them, right? With Randy Moss there and Brett Favre throwing to him. But here's where it gets crazy, Ray. Aaron Rodgers goes there. The Mm -hmm. Raiders don't draft the quarterback of the future in Jamarcus Russell. Well, Jamarcus was Russell. A,
0: was, was that much of a quarterback of the future already?
1: Hey, that was, he was projected to be a stud. They had, he had just come off of winning a uh, national championship with LSU. you though. Know. Well, so they don't draft him. So the Lions end up drafting Jamarcus Russell more than likely because Kittle wasn't going to, you know, Kittle wasn't going to cut it. They needed somebody that could throw the ball. Well, Guess who that leaves still on the board? A little-known wide receiver who probably wouldn't amount to anything, but you know his name would be Calvin Johnson, and uh, he would still be out there. Which leads to argue, if you look at the way the draft broke up, the Raiders probably wouldn't have been much higher, even with Aaron Rodgers there for his first year, which means they'd have probably got Calvin Johnson. But we'd also never seen the Patriots get Randy Moss, and that near perfect season but could you imagine man you got you got brett Favre throwing to randy moss in green bay and you got aaron Rodgers throwing to calvin johnson in oakland that's nuts dude how long
0: has rogers been What's in the your,
1: league since then uh, i think four years He set kind of like jordan love did he he sat behind, right. I'm pretty sure it was four years, because he, yeah, he was uh, 03, I think, is when he got drafted off the top of my head. So
0: so that was the year. There. Okay, yeah, because that's when Manning won with the Colts. So if that would have been, did Favre win the year before or the year after? Did Favre win 06 or oh No, no. F- you talking Favre. about when did Favre? Rodgers.
1: Rodgers? Because uh... Rodgers wins
0: it, I guess, Before then, right? Because he wins it, and that's 2010.
1: Okay, so it was even later down the road.
0: So he's coming into it Mm -hmm. and all. Man, that is a good what if. Uh, My socks are halfway on just because, you know, I was nine years old (laughs) during all that when that came on. So it was hard for me to really process what really all that would have meant uh, back then. But, you know, it, it leads to believe would Calvin Johnson be playing in his 16th season this year? Would he have left? He would have never been there with Matt Stafford to say, "Hey, man, just leave this place because you'll never go far." Yeah, you can make some money, but you'll never win the championship ring. You know, which in itself speaks of Calvin Johnson's not his mind, right? That's a winner's mentality. He's like, "I don't care about the money. I care about the chips. I care about the legacy. I care about all that." Which we see out of these greats yeah. is that's typically what they start caring about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, who, who's to know how dominant he would have been? Would they have gone four and twelve that year? They being Oakland, you know, with Lane Kiffin, probably so. Probably still would have went four and twelve. It's just, it's hard to say. I mean, like, what Brett Favre would have done? You know, what would Favre have done? Would he have really been replaced? Would if he went on to shine? Would he have got that other year? And would have been him that won in twenty ten, with or without the other people? Would Jamarcus Russell actually have done something, or would he have still been, you know, have what happened to him? With the Patriots, with Tom Brady, still figured it out because we saw his laundry list of, of receivers that he's thrown to. You know, would he have needed Randy Moss? Would it have made a difference? It's just crazy. Wait, the butterfly.
1: They still wouldn't have won the chip that year.
0: <laughs> or maybe they would have. Maybe they didn't need Randy Moss to win it. Maybe sometimes you get too big of a name, you know, and you rely too big on that name.
1: Okay, I mean, I can see that argument. It's definitely it's a, it's a wild, wild thing because just but like you said. I- does Jamarcus Russell go and do something in, in Detroit? Is that the place for him? Is that the better fit for him? You know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, we, should,
0: we just need to get Ashton Kutcher to go back and change the events, and then we can just, you know, let it play out and see what happens.
1: Yeah, no problem. I would You say get that then, right, the, I, the butterfly, you, you
0: get that movie yes, reference?
1: I, yes, I get that movie see, reference. Look, I've never seen the movie, but I know what it's about. That was a, a phenomenon. People were talking uh, Oh, the problem is I don't watch movies. You know this? Why are you go putting me out there like this to everybody? Put
0: it put it on the put it on the list anyway. <laughs>
1: Godly. Here's the thing that I think, man, you know, to me the Packers I don't know if the Packers go on to win another Super Bowl. I, I really don't know. Um If they do, they go on to meet to win one. I think Randy Moss, you know, with Brett Favre throwing to him would have been great, but I don't think it would have been so great that you're going to win more than one championship. But I do think that, honestly, the Raiders would have definitely won at least one championship if Aaron Rodgers and Calvin Johnson was there. But I I would argue to say they'd they'd probably be competing at least for a second one because I know a lot of people don't remember, man, or don't even think about it because it has been a while ago. But Calvin Johnson, man, would would command a double team. A lot of people were like, oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people obviously receivers command double teams. You know, They got the safety in the corner. No, 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 no. I'm talking about they would have number one and number three or number one and number two corner sitting at the line with Calvin Johnson. More than did one team care. did this. Did not care because they said throw it to anybody else. And let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Matt Stafford. As much as it hurts to say,
0: yep. Yeah.
1: I mean, so, had you had Aaron Rodgers slinging the ball to Calvin Johnson, who man. I don't know, dude. I just feel like, I also feel like the Raiders, they take people when maybe you probably shouldn't do the questionable, you know, things about them. They don't care. And sometimes it bites them, obviously. Um, But... I think the Raiders are much better at at least attempting to build a team around their quarterbacks than the Packers are. I mean, the Packers have shown they don't care. You know, for years they'd never drafted any help, really, to to really help out, you know, Aaron Rodgers. It was like, yo, it's just me and, you know, Devontae Adams. And they would get him like, oh, well, here's a six-round pick wide receiver. Go get them. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's pick up Green Bay's defensive players. Like they've not been that team. So this is a wild thing, man. I definitely, I definitely, when I read it, I was like, wow. And I started looking at all the domino pieces that would have happened and could have happened. Man, it'd be a different NFL completely. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, it, oh, 100%. It would change the landscape of today.
0: Yeah, because I mean, even your next year guy was, would get drafted differently. Everything would just – it's crazy to think, though, that that's how simple as it is. It's just one little trade changes how everybody's going to do everything.
1: Yeah, it makes you think about what if such and such didn't get traded there. What if such mm-hmm. and such didn't get do The real it? question it is, is, is would John I
0: mean? Gruden have come in and still screwed it all up for him?
1: Hmm. I think John Gruden would have came in sooner – and maybe not been in Washington, making them bad decisions in Washington.
0: But do you think that Aaron Rodgers would have been a Gruden grinder?
1: Now That's a good one. That's a good question because <laughs> yeah, Gruden, Gruden don't take no trash. But, I mean, Belichick <laughs> and Tom Brady, if you think about them, their, their personalities are totally different. They may yeah, 20 said, years. You say John
0: Gruden takes no trash, but he got rid of Khalil Mack for like next to nothing.
1: Oh, that still pains me. I what can't a great the Falcons didn't get him. Oh. I
0: know how terrible. He goes to the Bears and has more sacks than the entire Raiders put together.
1: Oh, that was hilarious! That was hilarious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but no, to, to get oh, away from that good. rabbit hole with you, I think uh, Calvin Johnson and Aaron Rodgers get a few rings together, two to three, yeah. probably easily. I mean, because you just have. Let's just face it. Aaron Rodgers' biggest issue has always been he's never had more than one stud wide receiver right or there's just issues there that as of recent right you can go back and look he's never had like a true star at the receiving position but if you give him somebody who was let's just face it had the chance to be the best wide receiver in the game but we'll never know because retirement at least that's my that's my opinion on it because you look at the numbers and like you said with the double teams is absolutely disgusting would that have been all he needed would have been like hey man you can just throw me you know, your Danny Amadolas, you can just throw me your whoevers. You know, they could mm-hmm. fill these roles. You could throw me your Weddellmans, fill these roles. I got Calvin Johnson. I'm good.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, he had Devontae Adams, but Devontae Adams was not that deep threat. He's not that. Calvin Johnson. He's good and he's but not, no, but he's Calvin Johnson. I mean Julio Meg- Jones to me was this was the second coming of Calvin Johnson and he couldn't stay healthy. But he can't even touch I mean, Megatron. Honestly, no. I mean, Even hell, Julio hell, hell. was a monster.
0: Yeah, for sure. But, but Megatron was He was the little.
1: only one I've... Yeah, oh yeah. He's the only one I've ever seen compete to that level. Just be yeah. that, like, wow. Nastiest,
0: nastiest thing to ever come out of Georgia Tech for professional oh, well, football.
1: Mm-hmm. So, well, let's roll on to the next topic, man, and that is uh, Tyreek Hill is in the news again for not good stuff again. So... He, uh, two Sundays ago, June the 18th, he was in an argument with an employee at a marina in Miami. I guess they went on like a charter fisher boat, charter fishing boat, and, um, went out there. I don't know what happened when they got bad, but they had a disagreement, him and an employee. Um, and while they were, you know, disagreeing, it got heated. Tyreek told him, I could buy you and this boat. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm not going to speculate what all was said or happened or what sparked it, but, the end result was Tyreek Hill apparently slapped this guy in the back of the head. Well, what everybody's kind of up in arms about a little bit more about this is this man he slapped was fifty nine years old. Tyreek Hill is a lot younger than him. I think it's I think he's twenty nine. I think I read. Um, so he slapped this you know, fifty plus year old man. In the back of the head. Now, I know some 50-year-olds that are yoked. I know some 50-year-olds that look frail. So, I don't know, you know, what what side of the spectrum we're talking about here. I mean, I know 20-year-olds that look frail. But, my thing here, man, is, is Tyreek Hill has a case of not keeping his hands himself, right. I mean, he's oh, yeah. got a history of anger issues. In 2014, he pled guilty to domestic assault on his then-pregnant girlfriend, while attending Oklahoma state and was dismissed from the team later went on to play for West Alabama. And then, uh, back in 2019, I believe it was, um, he was accused of his child's mother at that time of breaking his three year old's arm now, or doing something to the effect that, that, you know, broke it. Now, that one was dismissed. They came in, they investigated him. Nothing was ever found. He wasn't found guilty, blah, 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 I don't like speculating on that. And normally I would not bring that stuff up because he was found innocent of it or not. No charges were brought against him, rather. So, But this does kind of fit into like, hey, man, you're repeatedly popping up in violent situations. And not just like disagreements, but like criminal charges, violent investigation so what's your thoughts on this man i mean what do you think about all this issues tyree kills the latest incident again granted he slapped the dude in the back of the head probably while he was walking away but i mean this dude has a history of not being able to control his anger
0: well so i think one we can agree that's just distasteful in the first place just to just to pop somebody in the back of the head if they're walking away mm-hmm. or whatever you know it's kind of like a cheap sucker punch uh put it in perspective i put it this way uh Back in high school, we had a kid that we had two kids in the locker room that were going to fight. And the one kid said, no, nah, man, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Stepped away and then Superman sucker punched the other kid in the face. Well, uh, we jumped the kid <laughs> who Superman punched oh, the God. guy who did the sucker punch. So it came quickly in 11-on-1. So the whole point being here is no one likes the sucker punch. No one likes the cheap. Most people can respect a fight regardless of age if people just kind of, you know, Take their whoops and move on. And let's be honest, at 59 years old, that old man had probably done that back in the day. Probably, you know, was 15, 16, either whooped up, got whooped up, and that was the end of that. Regardless, it's not okay to be hitting people out in public. It's not okay to be fighting out in public. There's better ways to go about it, right? And as we could tell, that with some people, money changes them. And in his own words, I could buy you and this boat just proves that he solely believes that he can pay his way out of the issue. That it doesn't matter. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Get Throw the charges at me. I got a lawyer that get me out of it. Throw me the fine. Doesn't matter. I'll pay the money. Who, who cares? I got the brands. I got the deals. You know, whatever it is, it's not going to hurt me. Versus where you and I, we're going to be like, oh, come on, man. It's not that bad. <laughs> you know, because we can't buy that boat and we can't buy you.
1: <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about it like that, uh that mindset or that analogy, but... It's pretty true, man. You definitely feel like uh, he has allowed the money to, I guess, go to his head and let him feel that his bank account number Mm -hmm. allows him to do whatever he wants to do. And, I mean, we've seen this time and time again. We've talked about articles, you know. I mean, Deshaun Watson stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, mean, Superstar
0: can make you feel like you're untouchable,
1: that you can't do any wrong.
0: Especially when you've got caught before and get off.
1: Henry Um uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, John ja Morant. Was... John ja Morant. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about him. Uh, I was thinking about the guy that was the uh, played for the Dallas Cowboys and then went on to do UFC and then went on to do boxing. I cannot. Great. Uh, uh, Greg Hardy is that his name? Greg Hardy. I believe. Sure, I, I couldn't I tell you his his last name's Hardy, but same thing, man. Got money and just. Does whatever you want. And the problem mm-hmm. is, like, money doesn't it's a it's a whole classic R. Kelly thing, man. Money does not allow you to misbehave and to act this way. Just because you're, you know, a famous person, if anything, the fact that you're a famous person means you probably should behave better. Because Unfortunately
0: that's not the truth.
1: Yeah. And because I mean you're getting blasted, you're getting I mean, John Morant held up what he, what he's saying is a toy gun, a lighter, and he's losing millions of dollars now because, of it. you know what I mean? If I hold up a toy lighter, you know, stuff like that, no one bats an eye at it. Like, you have to act different, man, and showing your butt like that and, and just making a fool of yourself in public. Ultimately, you're the only one that's going to look bad in this when it's all said and done. No one's going to look at that old man and be like, well, you know, at least not sane people. They're going to look at it and be like, I mean, if you're a logical thinker, you shouldn't have put your hands on it. So not a good mm-hmm. look, man. We'll have to see how this one all plays out because, I mean. Well, at feel- the end of the day,
0: he's still going to get paid. Miami's still going to play him and just be like, look, man, don't get in trouble anymore. Run down the field and catch the balls to it throws at you.
1: Yes, the Alvin Kamara kicks the, that dude in the face in Vegas and he's still playing. Mhm. I mean, unfortunately, you just
0: don't kick don't kick the owner of the teammates in the face.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in the face last year and uh well maybe the owner thought he deserved it. Eh, well, he did ship him out this year. So There you go then. Well, uh <laughs> that rolls us into our next topic, man, and uh like I said into your world here, and that is the uh our predictions. On the Power Five conferences, so you and I sat down, and uh, for anybody out there, that is uh, the conference we're gonna you know talk about. That is the uh, the Big Ten, that is the SEC, that is uh, ACC, Big Twelve, and the Pac Twelve. So those are the five that we're really gonna dabble on. So first off, Ray Ray, let's go ahead and dabble on the Big Ten. So. Mm-hmm. Who do you have winning the Big Ten this year?
0: So with the return of their quarterback, who was very salty last year, and uh, with one of my good buddies being a Wolverine fan, I'm going to have to pull for Michigan to come back, and they're going to be the ones who want it. They're going to be hungry. That being said, though, I still don't think you can rule out Ohio State with them having Marvin Harrison Jr., who has proven to be an absolute weapon. And as we see in college, You don't have to have a complete stud team. You just got to have enough stud players. However, Mm -hmm. that does not mean that they make it as my dark horse. I think that truly tired of living in this shadow, truly tired of not finally getting to be at the very top of it, is going to be Penn State. I think they're just ready to have a breakout. They're ready to just stop barely being third. They're ready to not be uh, overshadowed. I mean, to not beat that dead horse or that word but at what point do you get tired of having these two guys just keep overpowering you and they're fighting for first and second and you just have to stay complacent on that third place pedestal.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I agree with you, man. Michigan is to me the favorite. I mean, I get it. TCU beat them right in the college playoffs, but I just think Michigan and the big 10 is the top team right now. Um, like you said, Penn State, Ohio State, they're both getting new quarterbacks coming in this year. And uh I think Michigan's gonna be competing for in the in a spot in the college playoffs again this year. Um however, I originally did have Penn State marked down there, but again, I mean,
0: Lions, huh? Yeah, so but you make a board. good argument. You
1: make a good argument though, man. So I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna have to flip. I'm gonna go to Ohio State, man. They are my dark horse because as you said, I mean, like I say, make a good argument. You don't need a star studded team, you just need a nope. few stars. And Marvin Harris Jr. is that guy. He was injured last year. I, I truly believe
0: truly believe that if uh still again it wasn't a flag on the play, it was a clean hit if you watch it. But if he stayed in <laughs> we lose. Georgia loses if he stays in. Georgia loses because yes. that that guy he yes. is he's that talented, and he just don't get me wrong. The secondary were good, but Marvin Harrison is just years better than them. He is just that good. Well, I mean, that look if at his father. Oh yeah. Well, you know all you the don't same father teaching him. You don't always get it as the next generation, but sometimes you That's do, true. and sometimes you work for it, and. Uh, that is not the guy – that is who you want on your team. It's not the guy to mess with. you got to put your best dude on him, and our best could not keep up with him that day. But uh, thankfully, a clean hit took him out of the game. Glad that he was okay, and all it was was a concussion. That's part of the game, though. You know, injury is part of it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to – like I said, though, I'm going to have to swap to Ohio State, man. So Yeah,
0: no, that's – it's hard to say, man. You throw those Michigan and Ohio State, it's just hard to get rid of the two of them in the Big Ten.
1: Well, not only that, man – Let's be honest, Harbaugh's got an issue getting over the hump with Ohio State. I think this year is the first mm-hmm. year in his career, or at least in a long time, that he has. So, I'm going to have to say, if if any team's going to win it, it's going to be a dark horse to me. It's mm-hmm. Ohio State. So. Well,
0: well, you know, just 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 a final words on it with your TCU thing, if we go back and look at it, Michigan really beat themselves in that game too. If you ask any true college mm-hmm. football watcher, you don't have to know much into it. You can truly see Michigan gave up that game. I think it was 21 to 28 points they gave up just on the, the, the the picks and the fumbles just from mental, yeah, yeah, just just Mm. from that. And that's where TCU wins because they capitalize on the mistakes, but without those mistakes, they would have blew them out. So argue that how you want to.
1: A good argument. Well, let's roll into your favor here, the sec. And, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you who you and I both have, because I know you have UGA winning it. Um, like <laughs> I always say, man. Oh Jesus, this guy. At least it was more of a wolf this time. Um, like I always <laughs> say, man. To be the man, you have to beat the man. And UJ is the man. Two time, back to back, defend national championships or national champions. Hey, call it what you want. They got some off the field issues going on in that program, but unfortunately, in sports, man, nobody really cares what happens as long as it's not. Too egregious. Mm-hmm. No one really cares as long as you're winning, and if you're winning, right. you can get away with a lot of the other stuff yeah. that you probably wouldn't be able to get away. That's with. right. You know what I mean. This this isn't the FSU of the '90s where Bobby Bowden was suspending players because they're robbing stores. You know what I mean, or because they're doing this or cheating on tests. This ain't them. You know what I mean. So UJ is my winner of the uh, the SEC this year, and my dark horse to me is LSU. I feel okay, that fair. LSU come could come in and take it over if the cards fall right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously playing in the West, so they get a chance to only have to play Georgia or whoever wins the East once. And to me, that's how. To me, that's what's really going to set them up in a good position to take it because UGA is going to play Florida, UGA is going to play Alabama. You know, they're going to beat up on each other. And LSU is going to get a much easier chance to only have to face one of them for the championship. And you just got to, hey, any given day, you just got to be the winner of that day. That's it. So I feel LSU could be the dark horse, man, as long as they uh, stay healthy, play their game right, and, and roll up in there. So who do you have as the SEC champions? And who do you have as your dark horse that could possibly come in and upset those SEC champions?
0: Okay, Well, obviously it would be wrong if I picked anybody but Georgia in that one because the, there's true biases. You just If you ever root against your team, I don't think you're ever for that team, right? I mean, your team could have went 0-12 <laughs> last year, but you're still going to say, we're going to win it, right? That, that's how that goes. Otherwise, you got to get off the bus. So when you look at Georgia's schedule, though, we don't have to play LSU unless they make it to the to the SEC championship again, right, since we're we're spread out. So we'll we'll be okay because it's kind of smooth sailing towards the end because we get those guys who just don't care when you get towards the end, which is Florida, Missouri, Mississippi, and Tennessee, and then Georgia Tech. You can see it in college football they get towards the end these kids who know this is their last year and don't care anymore. You know they uh, they they press the F it button and they're just ready to hurt people because if we can't win, you're not going to win. That's <laughs> true. You know that's what it turns into. <laughs> But then, you know, when you look at it, it was, I think, 50-30 to 30 against LSU in the SEC championship game. So there's a chance. LSU is there. LSU is coming. LSU wants to be, I want to say relevant again, because they're still relevant. I mean, it's only been a few years, four years since they won. So they're still here. They're still around. But yep. again, uh, the dogs are on top. But my dark horse, I'm going to throw you for a loop on this one, also comes over right. here on the side with Georgia. And it is the Gamecocks. With Spencer Rattler, oh. who, if, who, if you watch at the end of last season, was finally, when it didn't matter anymore, started a fire on all cylinders and was finally making it work. I'm talking about he looked good out there. He looked like everything he said he was supposed to be for South Carolina. You know, but to say it doesn't matter, is, well, it's kind of, you know, to backtrack on my words, it does matter, right? Because if I'm coming back for another year, I got to pick it up at some point. So I think with if he plays how he does, if he plays this whole next year, how he finished last year, they're a team to watch out for.
1: Yeah, you definitely threw me for a loop. I figured you were gonna say Florida Gators. I was definitely <laughs> going with that one, so
0: they will never be my
1: dark horse. I'm just saying the Florida Gators have one of the top five Best recruiting class the upcoming year. They
0: could be the number one team. They're still going to lose when we go play on that neutral ground, and it's looking like Georgia's playing at home.
1: You know that neutral ground. They're they're getting ready to do away with that game. I read oh, yeah. that the other day. I was, I was yeah, pretty upset with that. A lot of people are. Oh, I I just don't like when you have these historic rivalries, and then you just decide that we're going to change it for whatever reason. I, I hate that, man.
0: I think it'll lose its competitiveness in that match in itself. It'll it'll definitely heavily favor who the true home team is at that point.
1: Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. So, well, uh, ACC. So, who do you have winning the ACC, and who is your dark horse?
0: So you can't ever keep Clemson out of this conversation as of recent. So, Clemson, I think, is going to bounce back like they typically do, and they're going to make another run for another title when it comes to the ACC. So, I have Clemson taking it all. But just like we talked about earlier with Penn State, there's a team who's just been lurking in the shadows, and they're, they're just living in the past and all this glory and all this fame. And, you know, we had all these great players, we had everything going for us. And, you know, back when John was a kid, things were great for this team, which would be the University of Miami. Is going to finally get tired of living in their 2000s. Yeah, in their 2000s. Hey, man, it was like 1999, right? When uh, they had Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and all that.
1: Well, they had a stack team. Yeah. Yes.
0: I think well, that match is not going to be recreated for a while. Let's just go ahead and be real. That's a lot of Hall of Famers to have on one college team at the same time. However, I do think yeah. Miami is coming to get finally tired because they're still a good program. They're not a terrible program. They just get overshadowed and overlooked, I think, because you have like your FSUs, you have Clemson, and you have stuff like that. However, I think Miami is going to finally start having a breakout year. Maybe they don't win at all, but they're going to definitely be at least an 8 and 4 team. You know, they're going to do better. They're not going to win at all, but they're going to be like, hey, it's time to finally reload and bring back the days of old.
1: Okay. Yeah, Miami's got a cult following. so Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you my dark horse before I tell you my winner of the ACC. So, my dark horse, right, to me, the biggest threat to take it all of, of the ACC has got to be Clemson. Same way you said, can't count them out. It's got to be Clemson. But I don't think Clemson can do it. My personal dark horse, as well as you, is the U, the University of Miami. I feel like they could surprise everybody as long as they keep it together. They have flashes of greatness, and and honestly, man, it feels like every year they come out and they start off hot, and then they just almost like fall apart at the end of the year. I don't really know Mm -hmm. what happens with them, but I do think Miami has the ability to still come out there and compete and be studs and, and take the ACC. So they are my dark horse, but... When it comes to who is going to rule the roost and who's going to be the winners of the ACC at the end of it all, I got to go to my home state of Florida, and I'm going to have to pick FSU. I know Tyler is jumping up and down when he hears that, uh, screaming go Knowles" and all the stuff he does, you know, his little tomahawk chop stuff, all all the little stuff he does that drives me nuts, but... I think it's got to be FSU, man. They got Jordan Travis, their starting quarterback. He is coming back, and he has a legit shot of competing for the Heisman this upcoming year. So, with that being said, Florida, again, like all Florida teams, man, they just do great at, at picking up, you know, in state players. Florida just is to a little for football. People yeah. Just like to live so there. it's a nice place.
0: You're telling me you're going to pay for everything and I get to enjoy the beaches and all that and I just got to work out and play football.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you get the whole, you know, the the Miami Vice type look yeah. to it. Just hang out on the beaches and stuff. Yeah. That's everywhere, you know. That's it's not Gainesville, but that is Tallahassee, you know. Tallahassee that is uh, you know, Miami. So I think FSU to me is uh is going to take the ACC this year. Okay. And uh if if Jordan Travis stays healthy, FSU's competing for a uh, a spot in the national championship uh playoffs. That's my uh, that's my hot take for the week there. Time will tell with that. Yeah. So, on to the Big 12. Now I'm going to go ahead and tell you man, the Big 12 was probably the hardest one for me to pick. Okay. It's right? fair. Is it TCU? Is it It'd Oklahoma? Perhaps. Is it Texas? It better I be I mean Kansas State. Is it you know who is it? You know what I mean? In the end. It doesn't I was torn. really matter. Well that, that that's true. <laughs> but I was torn, man. <laughs> and uh so in the end I chose TCU. Okay. And uh the reason I chose TCU is because again, Mm-hmm. To be the man, you got to beat the man. They were in the national championship last year. Whether mm-hmm. you you know you thought they should or should not have been there, they were there. That's right. And no other team was competing for a national championship. The Make the a Wish 12.
0: team. That's right. <laughs>
1: hey, is the what fourth slot and the Make so a Wish slot. I feel TCU. To me, they weren't the fourth team. They were the third, weren't they?
0: They're, out of the four was teams it? there, they were the Make a Wish slot.
1: Oh, they were definitely the weaker, the weakest one on paper. You, I for Sure, don't,
0: I don't care how you look at the four; they were the true fourth team. But the way the committee had that set up, TCU was not supposed to make it, and you're supposed to definitely get Michigan, Ohio State, or Michigan Georgia again. And then TCU just yeah. came in there and said, "Y'all watch this."
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't believe you called it the Make a Wish. What is it That's you? That's
0: the Make a Wish slot. Go back and look at the year before. That fourth pick is not usually people that need Cincinnati to be there. Cincinnati the year before that, right? Yes, that's the Make a Wish slot. That's just that one random fan base. Like, hey, we're gonna make y'all feel good this year.
1: Yeah. Okay, makes sense. I got TCU. I got TCU. I'm not gonna say TCU is gonna make it to the college playoffs okay. again, but mm-hmm. I do have TCU winning the Big Twelve. And my dark horse was who I had. Tossing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But I just I felt like I should go with TCU. So something's pulling. But my dark horse is Texas, man. I think uh, losing Robinson was huge for them. But mm-hmm. I do feel they just got the number one running back recruit um, in all the country. I think he just committed to them. I don't remember if it's this upcoming year or next year. I believe it's next year's number one. but I'm, But either way, they just got him. So, but I I think I think it's Texas, man. I think that's the go dark Reload. Homes. So, yeah. Who you got?
0: So part of my thing about the TCU pick is they've lost Max Dugan and they lost uh, who was that wide receiver? Was it a Williams Williamson? I know we did them in our mock draft. But if you go yeah, back yeah, and you look I know at who you're it, talking
1: about, I can't remember off the top of my
0: head. If you go back and you look at TCU, you can make the argument that Max Dugan put that team on his back. You know, where, but I can't really make that argument because I can look back at Georgia and it's hard to say that Bennett at times didn't put the team on his back. But at the same time, you know, you got people like Brock Bowers, who's a freak athlete that stayed in Athens. So, you you know, it's hard to say. So I, I can see where you come back with TCU. So you got to, you know, you got to beat the man to be the man. However, you got two teams in the Big 12 that are trying to come play in the SEC, you and do. both of these both of these teams have to prove something, you know, to come play. I mean, it's going to look foolish when Vandy's whooping up on them, who can, can hardly even do anything but keep the SEC in the academic standards. So I have Texas, who's going to be winning it all, because, again, they have to prove that they are somebody when coming into the SEC, because if you go look at their fan base and you go look at that team, all they have done is talk about how they're going to come into the SEC – they're gonna like rule the roost. It's not gonna take them long to be number one. They're gonna come in here, they're gonna be everything. How are you gonna come in here and be everything when you can't even win the Big Twelve? You can't win the conference you're in now. You haven't even been ruling the conference you're in now. It's the same to say, my dark horse then, by fault, is Oklahoma. Who too has to come in and prove that they are a team worthwhile. Because if you look at when Mizzou came in and when you look at when Texas A&M came in, Texas A&M holds their own in the SEC, but Mizzou's hit or miss. You know, Mizzou gives anybody trouble when they come at home, but Mizzou goes on the road and it's like, why are you even here? So both of these teams need to come in and they have to be able to compete at a high level. And if you can't even compete at a high level where you're at, what makes you think you can change over to teams that have, you know, your Alabamas, your Tennessee, and LSU, and and Florida when they want to be good?
1: Georgia, you forgot that one.
0: I know. I wanted you to say it. I be,
1: <laughs> I can't. I couldn't be too facetious, you know. I couldn't just throw that out there. First. Don't you lie to me. I know you better than that.
0: <laughs> so that there you go. Well, Winter, Texas, Dark Horse,
1: Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, we got our final one, man. That's the Pack Twelve. Who do you have winning the Pack Twelve? Well, we
0: might as well say who do we have winning the Pack Twelve, because if you pick anybody else in this. I don't know. You must be looking through a kaleidoscope and you're not really seeing too well. <laughs> time has proven over and over that you can't really truly count out the guy who won Heisman last time. And when you look at the whole thing, the USC with Caleb it's just it's just hard to count out. Do I like the guy? Not really. You kind of look at his character, you know, with the, the fingernails thing. Like, I don't care if you do your swears. I don't care how you do whatever. There's there's time to be disrespectful, you know, and, and you can be nasty, but there's some things that are just truly uncalled for. Fingernails to me is one of them. However, uh, that doesn't stop the fact that I do think USC is the team to beat over in the Pac-12, and I do think again they will win it all this year for the Pac-12.
1: So then, who is your dark horse?
0: So there's been a lot of talk in this off season. I think you already know who I'm talking about when I say that. But you have a team who's come in here. They got a new coach. They got all these new recruits. They got all this excitement. They got all this (laughs) going on. And you can't have all... You can't build this fire and then just realize that all it was was lighter fluid that somebody was shooting on it from the other side. And then when the lighter fluid runs out, there's really been no fire. There's no wood. Right. So... I think this team called Colorado with Coach Prime has to come in and show that he personally is more than hype in a name. That So Colorado has to come in, and Colorado has to perform. They cannot have a losing record. They have to make it bowl eligible. They do not have to make it in the top four. They do not have to make it in the college football, but they have to make it to a bowl that is better than being 6-6. Six and six. So for that reason... I'm going to throw Colorado as a dark horse because I can already see Prime going like, "You're going to come in here and you're not going to treat my name right. You know, you're going to make us look bad. You go ahead, get on the bus and go back where you came from." So for that reason, I got Colorado coming into dark horse mainly because they have to to figure out that there's actually been substance to all this talk.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm sure you've obviously stole my notes and read them then. If you since you knew I was gonna go with USC as the uh as the without a doubt favorite to win the Pac twelve. Um coming off of the Heisman victory, you know, he said that the Heisman was nice, but he'd rather be doing what, you know, all the other people that he competed against were doing and that was playing for a national championship, you know, in the playoffs. I think he's gonna come back with that chip on the shoulder and they're definitely gonna win. Um or have a chance. My dark horse, however, is a little, little college from a no-name state that always gets, you know, forgot about and everything else when you think about college and football, and that's Utah. Utah has been a thorn in USC's side. I don't know why they're tough, but they are. And I feel like if Utah can, I mean, cause they're a good team, you know, uh, when you look at PAC 12 wise, they're competing, they have a decent, you know, I mean, they were, I don't know how, high they're ranked, but they were, they, I want to say they were in the top 10, at least one point last year, right? They were. So you got them facing USC. If they can somehow figure it out, man, and beat USC, mm-hmm. they can take the PAC 12. And, uh, kind of pretty much just ruin the uh, the final phase of Kayla Williams' career. So, that is who my dark horse is, is Utah. You um,
0: know, there's there's always like a check and balance team in every college football grouping. Mm-hmm. There's always just that one team that has somebody's number for whatever random reason.
1: Yeah, they just... That team just struggles against them. Yeah, it could be a reason. team
0: who it could be the last game of the season. They're zero and eleven, and they you will be the one when they get.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know how I mean yeah it's, I don't get it I don't get it Ben but yeah I believe me I watch Virginia Tech lose to uh, ECU or Old Dominion or you know Coastal Carolina or some no-name it just every no name college. Which makes no sense for right it to when start rolling well. And it's like, yeah, it's like, how? How? So, well, with that, Ray Ray, we are to the end of the show and to that time. Do uh, do you got me any sports fact this week?
0: Oh, well, yeah, I still got this book. Uh, we got a lot of pages left to go, so it's still going to be some baseball here for a while till we get another one. So I got a good one for you. I'm going to give it to you again in multiple choice. All so nothing. uh what depreciating term is sometimes used to refer to the equipment used by catchers? A. an idiot apparatus. B. Tools of ignorance. C. Fool's gear. Or D Pithead Paraphernalia. A. The idiot's apparatus? Yes. So uh the answer is actually B tools of ignorance. It is sometimes said that only people who are ignorant of the job of the catcher would want the position because it is so difficult. Catchers are prone to knee problems due to their constant crouching and every year they are hit by hundreds of wayward baseballs. Many consider it the toughest position in baseball. And to caveat off that, a uh, majority of them can lose 7 to 8 pounds of water weight a game.
1: God! That's That's wild. That's yeah, like so uh, goalies in that, hockey. Yeah,
0: that's what I was about to say. I, my pastor told me that today, who's real big into baseball. And uh, that's what we talked about, that we're surprised they don't have some kind of water source over there with them, too. But I guess they actually get to come off the field and go rehydrate. Yeah. But I'm sure got next a, year we'll see, like, a NHL. Camelback. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll ride in and get camel them a Camelback. Back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, uh, mine is, since we were talking about Golden State so much, mine is uh, pretty wild, I think. And that is, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Steph Curry and LeBron James were both born in Akron, Ohio, at the exact same hospital. That's pretty wild. I mean, that's Ohio, out of all places? Yeah, an Akron. Wild. Like, I just thought that was a pretty crazy thing to hear. Like, two same. really, really yeah. good basketball players who have changed the game. That's where scouts born are going to exact same little hospital. Scouts are going to go there, go ahead and
0: watch, waiting for the next one.
1: Yeah, start scouting the newborns. Uh-huh.
0: That baby right there.
1: <laughs> Look at that baby's hands. They're going to be big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well, uh, well with that do you got any shout outs this week
0: yeah so uh, shout out number one I'll go ahead and steal this one from you happy birthday to Mike Vick so we're, we're gonna going to go and get thing. that yeah, was that going to be yours
1: oh well, I don't know what I'm going to shout out now I was just kinda, uh, I always just kind of fire uh, these off the top of my head but that was definitely one of them that was it's up okay. there I'm,
0: I'm going to give you a little bit longer to, to recoup I got a few of them since we took two weeks off Uh, The second one is a shout-out to a guy I met. So, backstory real quick. I went to scout camp to help my old troop this past week because they needed leadership. So, shout-out to Carl, who I met, 23, only lives 30 minutes away from me, who is training to go to Bud's for the SEALs in November. So, all power to him, all mental fortitude to him. Hope he's able to get through it. And that dude was flying in the water. Said he had never done, like... School swimming or anything, and his passing these kids that that do it for like state and all that. So shout out to him, and then shout out to the my troop, which is seven thirty five in the Atlanta area council. Those kids did great, man. It's nothing but a uh, eleven year olds to fourteen year olds. They might have heard a few words they shouldn't have had because they were acting up, especially when uh we went rafting and they weren't paddling. I might have dropped a few bombs on them. Those kids did great, man. They won honor <laughs> troop. They got a scouting preserve award they got i mean they walked away with all sorts of ribbons and crap that you actually have to try and earn you don't just get them given so uh yeah shout out to all that hope i gave you enough time to figure out something
1: yeah, 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 yeah. i figured it out relatively quick so first off I'll go ahead and give my shout out to a uh a marine you and i both know and uh who is running their end of the time in the marine corps and that is uh Ms. uh Sergeant, excuse me, Sergeant Woodman. So I want to give her a shout-out. Um, the past, you know, almost two years I've worked with her, and uh, she has definitely kept me sane and and helped me a lot. She's been a tremendous help in my job, and she's not even my MOS. So definitely want to give a shout-out to her for everything she's done. And then uh, my second shout-out is... Uh, to a Staff Sergeant Spurlock, and I know you know who that is, um, for one, taking care of you, obviously, and two, just, man, she's just a good Marine. She's helped me when I got here with both supply. You know, I called her and was like, hey, I've never done this job to this, like on this side of the house. Can you help me? She's always been right there for me to ask questions, to help me, stuff like that. And uh, and then she, I'm, actually, I'm actually going to replace her, uh, recruiting wise. So, you know, she's prepping that area. Um, and it'll be the first time that I have replaced anybody, but the same dude I've just seemed to follow for his whole career so far. So that's pretty cool being able to go there and, and, you know, kind of mentor under somebody who's been very successful in an area that a lot of people have not been successful at all. in. so, um, those are my two shout outs this week. Uh they're awesome. I'm glad I both know or I glad I know both of them and have gotten a chance to work with them in the past or currently. So Those are that such is sweet it words. For me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Every once in a while. I, I didn't know you had that in well, you. Don't tell no one. I, I won't. You already have. Well, hey man. That's it. We at the end of the show. I got nothing uh, yeah.
0: else. Yeah. You know, usually I have a bit for you here, but I'm on vacation time. So I mean, like I'm not late or anything. I'm I'm just on my own time. So I really I really don't know why I clocked in here right now. But yep, like I guess I couldn't how miss the third week in a row.
1: How do you clock in? I, I don't even. You can get fired. You can get fired. Well, you're hey, not paying me for with this. That- no i ain't paying you (laughs) hey with that we're late to work sports and we out see ya